Welcome in to News and Views with Tom Lamprecht. The stories you've heard and the ones you need to hear. Environmental justice will be the mission of the entire government. The president has the most ambitious climate agenda than any other president in history. This is obstruction of justice by the Department of Justice. They've started to investigate and the evidence is coming out. Our trade imbalance with China was almost a trillion dollars. We are in the most dangerous position we've ever been in. Your life, your values, your voice. This is News and Views with Tom Lamprecht on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. All right, welcome in. It is News and Views for a Monday. I remember when Mark Robinson first announced he was going to run for lieutenant governor. We had him on very early in his campaign. In fact, he was sitting right where you were sitting today, uh, Benny, in a uh, red uh, golf shirt. And uh, I was immediately impressed. I was impressed when he made his comments at that gun show up in Greensboro. It was a council meeting for a gun uh, show permit. And, uh, you know, many people, when he was running, in fact, I remember people coming by that dance. He doesn't have a chance. And I said, watch out. Mark Robinson is going to be your next lieutenant governor. Uh, I will make a prediction. Um, Mark Robinson will be your next governor of North Carolina. He is on the phone with us right now. Lieutenant Governor, welcome back to News and Views. Always good to have you with us. Fantastic. Thank you, Tom. Thanks for having me here. Uh, So the big announcement came on Saturday at the Ace Speedway in Elon. Uh, Mm -hmm. Lieutenant Governor, you know, I know you're a Christian man. I know you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, and I know you take everything to prayer. And oftentimes we as Christians, we say, Lord, give me some indication. Give me a sign. What what convinced you that now's the time to jump into this race for governor? Well, I'm being quite honest with you, Tom. It's just things have just lined up the way they have. You know, when you when you believe in God, you want uh, you want His leadership. You want His you want Him to be the head of your life. He makes things happen. He makes things happen that sometimes are very miraculous. That make it plain that no one else could line this up besides Him. And that's what's happened for us. Uh, much of uh, much of my vision that I have uh, uh, for what I'd like to do as governor, no sooner than I wrote it down on paper before I ever uh, presented it to anyone, folks uh, started calling my office uh, that were keenly aware of those issues and intimately aware of those issues and in many times already kind of, you know, working on those issues on the ground and had a great deal of energy and interest in trying to solve those issues. And those people have been coming to me constantly throughout the last year and a half, uh, of bringing those issues to me, telling me that, you know, if you decide to run for governor, you should work on this. And I'm thinking, wow, you know, I've already written these things down. Mm-hmm. So things really have just lined up. The stars have aligned, so to speak. And I think that's not just the star. That's not the stars. That's not the ether. It's actually God putting things in place, letting me know, yes, I, I want you to do this. And, you know, now we say that, but <clears throat> that's not to say that God is ordaining me to be the governor or he's that's already right. declared he's going to be the governor. He's just ordering my steps in the way that he would want me to go. And whatever his will is, that's what we want to follow. Well, I, I've heard people smarter than I say, you know, God is more concerned with us than our mission and uh, you know he's he's working in our lives to fine-tune us that uh, we're in the image of christ Uh, you know what's what's interesting though is i've had a number of people uh, over over the months and years 
you'll be in the news on something and said, oh, you shouldn't have said that. And I'm saying, and yeah. I'm, I'm thinking, you know, when you speak at churches and those kind of things, when you're dealing with yeah. this the situation uh, with education, and I'm thinking yeah. to myself, you got it wrong. That's that's why he is so popular. That's when people look at you, Mark. They do look do not look at a uh, a man and say, "Oh, there's our black lieutenant governor." They look at Mark Robinson and say, "There is a man who embraces my values." And they don't look right. at the man as black or white or anything else. They look at a man who's right. conservative and has got the right values. Right. Well, you know, a lot of people that say those things about, "Oh, you shouldn't have said that at this church," or "You shouldn't have said that at that church." Who tells who tells anyone what they can and can't say at their church? Bingo. The Bingo. church is guaranteed its right. You are guaranteed your religious freedom in your church by the First Amendment. And when we are in church preaching to the people of God in God's house, we preach God's word. We preach his wisdom. And there's nothing anyone can say about that. There's nothing anyone should say about that. And here's the bottom line, Tom. I'm offended by the fact that we have a president that would go on television and co-sign on to the sexual immunization of children. Yes. And people are angry at me because I said that I don't like God's symbol, the rainbow, being used by the LGBTQ crowd. Now, I didn't say they couldn't use it. I didn't say it should be banned for them to use it. I simply said I don't like it. And people went nuts over that. Yep. And we live in a country right now where the president of the United States co-signed on the sexual mutilation of children. Children having sex changes. Minor children having sex changes. We never thought we would be here. But I can tell you how we got here. We got here because people in the pulpit and people in the pews have been silent and have allowed our children to be abused. It's time to stop being silent. Declare our First Amendment right to stand up for what's right. And we need to do it. And we need to stop telling each other that we don't need to do it because not doing it is how we got here. Well, just today, the president said, and uh, let's see, he, Joe Biden claimed America's children's don't, <clears throat> children don't belong to their parents, but instead to the society as a whole. And that is directly related mm-hmm. to the transgender <clears throat> issue that you just mentioned. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's just another, it's another indication that this man is either senile or he's, at, or he's a, just an undercover communist, because that sounds like something the Chinese communist government would say or the Russian communist government of old would say or something the nazis would say children are blessings to their parents and they they are they are in the home of the parents and ultimately it is the parents that should have the say and these cretins that want to take children out of the home and give them and make them property of the state we need to do everything that we can to stop them and that includes joe biden benny hardy's with us he's got a question for you lieutenant governor uh lieutenant governor um you obviously have been very outspoken about what our kids are exposed to, not only with uh, critical race theory. You had a commission uh, in North Carolina to kind of kind of look into that, but you also concerned, and I think good concern for what they're exposed to from a from a sexual uh, materials nature in, in in schools and all. Of course, now the the other side, including some Republicans. You know, are coming out attacking you for some of the things that you've said, and I, and I think you know, pieced and parted out certain things that was said uh, and, and taken out of context. So, mm-hmm. so here's your opportunity now. I, I mean, I've got I've know people that are that are are, are gay people that vote conservative because you know all, all their values mm-hmm. line up conservative. But here's your chance now to to address women and say women and. Uh, uh, a gay independent voters what what would a mark governor mark robinson governor uh, office look like for those people 
Well, first off, let me let me say this: If I was elected governor, I, I would uh, I would represent all of the people of North Carolina, not just those who voted for me, not just those who agree with me, but everyone. The second thing I will say is this: I'm entitled to my opinion on, on all of those social issues, but my opinion is secondary to my mission to protect everybody's constitutional rights. And on those that issue of what we present to our children in school, it is apparent that our schools are packed with too much social engineering and not enough excellence in education. The numbers on reading bear that out. The numbers on mathematics bear that out. We need to get back to the mission of educating our children with the purpose of excellence in mind and giving them what they need to succeed in school. And we need to drop every bit of social engineering that's happening in our schools. It has been damaging to their psyche. It's been damaging to the outcome of their education. And quite frankly, a lot of times it has been damaging to the safety and security of our classroom teachers and students. We need to stop it and get back on point and start making our classrooms safe, disciplined, and shooting for excellence. There was a poll back in January from the North Carolina Values Coalition uh, between you and Josh Stein. I had you up. Uh, again, January, that's almost ancient history in, when it comes to politics, but you were up by a point over uh, Josh Stein. Did you ha- see, have you seen any other inside uh, polling information that your, uh, uh, your campaign has looked at? We have. We've seen it across the board, and uh, it puts us up. Uh, some of them put us up a few points. Some of them put, up, put us up as much as five points. Uh, we're, we're, we're not really – you know, we, we like those to see those numbers where we're up, but uh, I think that those numbers will uh, will increase, and I think that we can uh, do much better because what we need to do is we actually need to focus on us. We don't need to fo- focus on Josh Stein. We don't need to focus on primary opponents. We need to focus on our race. We need to get out here to the people of North Carolina, tell them our vision, tell them what uh, what how we can help partner with them to uh, help them alleviate problems that they have, how we can partner with them to continue their success, and uh, quite frankly, get right there in front of them and ask them what they need, and then formulate a plan to try to deliver on our end. It looks uh, so we're not we're uh, certainly ahead. looking at those polls, but we think that those polls will look much more favorable if we stay focused on us. You had some uh, nice endorsements from Ted Budd and Dan Bishop over the weekend. I guess they were at the rally as well, or at least they did uh, a video endorsement for you, I guess. Yes, they did. It was very good. Uh, both of those guys are great, and they're both strong supporters of mine, and we certainly appreciate it. Uh, we look forward to working uh, with them in the future and uh, just moving forward and trying to get this thing done and try to win it. Well, uh, congratulations. Uh, we're excited on your candidacy and uh, look forward to having you uh, down in Greenville uh, in coming weeks or months and uh, look forward to seeing you in person. Uh, Lieutenant Governor, thanks for carving out time. We know you've got a busy schedule today. <laughs> you've probably got sure. about another dozen of these to do between now and, and 9 o'clock tonight. But uh, congratulations, sure. and uh, we look forward to seeing you on the campaign trail. It's always a pleasure, Tom. Thank you so much. You bet. Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson calling in, and uh, perhaps we'll be calling him Governor Mark Robinson uh, not too far down the line. How do you how do you address a Lieutenant Governor? Is it Lieutenant Governor Robinson or Governor Robinson or? Well, I like Governor Robinson. Yeah, I, like I think Governor that's, that's got a much uh, nicer. I always uh, I always struggle. Comes with off that the one. tongue a little bit nicer. But, you know, if uh, you, you address a Colonel 
uh, even as a lieutenant colonel, I think he addressed colonel. a colonel, I think. So, in the well, military. you know, he's one of those guys that uh, he, he's just as happy with you calling him Mark. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's uh, it's uh, you you do give him respect because respect is deserved, and uh, that's his, his title. But I, I like Governor Robinson a whole lot better than Lieutenant Governor. You know, he's got some good candidates he's going up against. Mark Walker is expected to announce sometime next month. Uh, Dale Falwell has already announced, and uh, both good conservative guys. It's going to be interesting and a delicate dance between uh, those three in the in the primary. Uh, you know, you don't want to see uh, – because, listen, they're all sharp conservatives, and you don't want to see one beat up the other. Uh, I, I I like to hear what Mark said, that we're going to be focusing on him and not his opponents, and I think that's the way to run a campaign. I, I think we'll know more here in the next few weeks or next few months if the on the Democrat side, if someone else gets in the Democrat race. Because if they do, that, that might tell me that uh, hmm, the Democrats have some polling numbers that they don't like. Yeah, with Josh Stein against yeah. uh, Mark Robinson, and so uh, who well, knows? this this January poll, and again, I, I realize it's ancient history, but they had Mark Robinson at forty two point four percent, Josh Stein at forty one point six, so it was actually less than a point, eight mm-hmm. tenths of a point. So that's pretty. But you know, that was early <clears throat> on, and you know, again, in in political weeks or months or years, that's that's a long, long time. Especially, you know, I, it's sad to say, but a lot of people out there name recognition they're not even going to know it until the ads start running on tv mm-hmm. but you know and i meant to ask him this and we ran out of time but uh i had seen some uh early conversation indicating that the thought is that there are a lot of black north carolinians that don't traditionally vote republican that would vote for mark robinson and if that's the case that's <clears throat> huge well i've seen some polling data that uh that points that out that's quite alarming <laughs> for a democrat for a democrat yeah. and and you know you talk about ancient history 2020 we talked about before obviously two different races but still a statewide race you know uh mark robinson got like eighty thousand more votes for lieutenant governor than josh stein did for attorney general that's significant so that's, that's a big and, number and that, that that probably is the indication of the black vote as well well exactly and if they get excited about voting for lieutenant governor mark robinson they get real excited yeah well said. For governor. Well said. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Whatever it takes. I love the in my I do it takes. Making the money. How about the 20 bucks you owe me? Oh, yeah. Well, I only got 10, so here's 10. I owe you 10. While the banks play their games. Hey, Mo. You owe me 20. Well, here's 10. I'll owe you 10. You don't have to feel like a stooge. Uh-uh. You owe me 20. Here's 10. I owe you 10. Here's a 10. I owe you. Bank on us to keep you up to date. Here's a 10. I owe you. Here's a 10. I owe you. Good. Now we're all even. Because we like to keep you current. See? <laughs> now back to news and views with Tom Lamprecht and Benny Hardy. Are we on? Yeah, there we are. Don't forget Clark, right? What happened? <laughs> uh, we'll, let's take a quick look at your weather forecast. If you're going to go out and do something, you probably need to do it in the earlier part of the week. Uh, tonight, cloudy skies, a low of 44. If you like to pull the blanket up over top of you, tonight's a good night to crack open the window and uh, cozy up with a blanket. Uh, tomorrow, a high of 69 with partly cloudy skies. Wednesday, mostly cloudy and a high of 73. 
Thursday, it is really cloudy, and then Friday, the rain comes in. Uh, so uh, just get ready. And I'm sorry to tell you this. It seems like every weekend's the same forecast. But, uh, Don't mess with me. Yeah, I know. But uh, it looks like uh, there is a chance of rain over the weekend. Um, in fact, I, the graph says uh, 30%. My uh, notes here from uh, WNCT says uh, 67% chance of rain on Sunday. Hmm, kind of exact. Say. But uh, cloudy skies during the day and cool weather at night with uh, rain showers. That's basically what we're looking at. Weather brought to you by our friends at the Ironwood Golf and Country Club. As the weather gets warmer and life gets busier, you deserve time to relax and have some fun. Ironwood Golf and Country Club invites you to become a member and make new traditions with friends and family on the course, in the pool, at the courts, or while enjoying a meal with beautiful views. Ironwood offers a variety of memberships with no initiation fee required. Contact membership director Jenna Doyle. Become an Ironwood Golf and Country Club member today. Her number is 752-4653, extension 202. So the big story, well, the big story we just had, Mark Robinson announcing that he's running for uh, governor. But uh, the other big story that shocked a lot of people today was uh, Fox News and Tucker Carlson have parted ways. Um, Friday night was his last broadcast. I didn't see Friday night's program, but apparently he ended the program. The pizza delivery guy showed up in the studios with pizza, and he invited them on the air, and they were eating pizza the last 30 <laughs> seconds of the program. You know, that, that's the impression of the kind of guy that, you, that uh, Tucker Carlson is. In fact, I remember somebody sent me a video. This is probably a year or two ago, and uh, Tucker Carlson was out uh, doing some fly fishing somewhere in New York, and uh, <clears throat> somebody came up to him and started talking to him and videotaped the conversation and then posted it online. And Tucker Carlson was just very low-key, down-to-earth, kind guy. Um, but anyway uh, – you know, I, I, my hunch is that this was related. I've no inside information, but it is related to the eight hundred million dollar lawsuit with Dominion uh, voting systems, where Fox News was being uh, sued. I think they were sued for like one point six billion, and they settled for, I think it was um, six hundred million. But uh, six or maybe it was eight hundred. Yeah, I think it was eight. Eight hundred. a lot. Yeah, seven seventy-five or something. But apparently, uh, speculation <clears throat> is Tucker Carlson and and others at Fox News were very upset that they settled. In other words, they they said no, we had our facts straight. Don't settle. Tucker Carlson apparently was going to go on tonight and defend himself and defend Fox News that. This this was wrong. They shouldn't have settled. That we had the we had everything down pat. That this was a uh, uh, this was not a, a good idea to, to settle. And uh, and again, this is part speculation. Town Hall is reporting part of this as well. But um, anyway, uh, apparently the the folks in charge over at Fox News said, uh, "No, you're not. You're not going to do that." And uh, I don't know if Tucker said, well, forget it, I'm out of here, or whether Fox News said, you can't do that, you're fired. Um, But anyway, they have parted ways. Interestingly, according to Business Insider, Fox Corporation, their stock fell as much as 5%, which erased almost a billion dollars in market value after it was announced that Fox and Tucker Carlson were splitting ways. Can you imagine (laughs) – one individual being worth a billion dollars in market mm. value mm. to the company. Yeah, the settlement was seven eighty seven. Seven hundred and eighty seven million. Wow. 
Wow. That's a big. That's a lot of lot of lot of voting machines. Um, and again, you know, apparently there are a lot of folks at Fox News were there, very upset that they uh, they settled. Uh, the network had just concluded a major legal fight with Dominion Systems, who sued Fox over the continued reports about the 2020 elections and their voting machines allegedly fixing the contest for Democrats. Dominion filed a $1.6 billion lawsuit. The jury had been selected. The opening arguments for the trial that the liberal America was lusting for were about to commence before Fox lawyers decided to fork over the cash to end this legal action. The left hoped the courtroom brawl would end Fox News. Its conclusion visibly irritated some hosts, especially those on CNN. So apparently CNN was sorry to see them settle because they wanted to see this ongoing battle for their coverage. But um, anyway, the the report from Fox News, the news release from Fox News was just very, uh, as you can expect, we wish Tucker Carlson the best. We're parted ways. See you later, alligator. Now, here's something extremely interesting. The Daily Caller. Now, this is a, a Internet site, news site, that Tucker Carlson founded years ago. Now, he sold out his share of the Daily Caller years ago as well. But after Tucker Carlson, it was announced today that he left Fox News, there is more than one individual who are speculating that he might run for president in 2024. He's running, tweeted Stephen Miller, conservative commentator and editor at The Spectator, a sentiment that many media figures on the right echoed. Quote, it significantly changes the GOP 24 primary overnight, wrote Philip Wegman, a White House correspondent for Real Clear News. Keep an eye out for speeches in the Granite State, tweeted fellow conservative commentator Hugh Hewitt, referring to New Hampshire. He always downplayed the possibility of running for president, but that's an open possibility now, wrote Christopher uh, Ruffo, a conservative writer and fellow at the Manhattan Institute, a leading think tank on the right. During this time, he was consistently ranked as the highest-rated cable television host in the United States. An estimated 3.2 million viewers watch Carlson every night. Uh, now, that's, that is not his cumulative audience. That's how many people watched each night. Mm. So you look at his cumulative audience, it's probably significantly larger than that. Uh, he's a talented communicator with a massive platform. I think if he runs, it will be formidable, said Luke Thompson, a Republican political strategist who worked for Jeb Bush in 2016. This was echoed by others such as Sam Nunberg, an advisor to Donald Trump, who predicted that in 2020, if Biden wins and Tucker decided to run, he'd be the nominee. Were Carlson to enter the 24 Republican primary, he would be running against Trump and prospectively Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, who was expected to announce his candidacy in May. When previously asked the question of whether he'd run, Carlson has declined any interest. I have zero political ambition in my life. My ambition is to write my script, and that's what you'll hear from anyone who knows me, Carlson told um, Semaphore's Ben Smith in July of 22. He added, I don't want power. I've never wanted power, but I'm annoyed by things, and I want things to change. Um, I, I would – my hunch would be what what Carl uh, Carlson has said, Tucker Carlson has said concerning his lack of interest in running. I think that's where he is. Yeah, you know, I, I really think something happened over the weekend because, I mean, the stories are, are being broken now that, hey, the show was on go. So right. To, to some of the 
speculation that maybe he was going to just come out and defend himself and Fox News and everything else. Maybe they just, uh, you know, were tying his hands and he's got enough money to um, just say, you know, hey, I'm I'm walking. Uh, I mean, he just signed a big contract, I think, two or three years ago, and I think he had maybe two or three years left on it. And it was like thirty million a year. It was seemed like I recall was in the. He was the highest paid guy at Fox, and I, it was seemed like it was approaching forty million. I think. But we were talking before the program, and I brought up the name Joe Rogan, who makes all his money and his popularity on his podcast. And you were saying he, he makes somewhere near two hundred million. They a year? claim his Spotify deal is worth two hundred million. If he's making two hundred million, how much would Tucker Carlson <laughs> yeah. make? I mean, if if he's making two hundred million, that's chump change when you look at the thirty million that uh, Tucker Carlson was making. Yeah, yeah, I got in a discussion with a guy today, and I'm no media expert, and of course he's not either, but he's like me; he thinks he knows everything. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> you don't. <laughs> but you know, wait, wait a minute. Should we get this guy on the program? I mean, I don't exactly know how all this in the media works, but you know, th- this business is changing daily. I mean, think about yeah. it. Uh, you know, it, five, six years ago, everyone wasn't getting their news and everything on their phone. Right. And, the, you know, the streaming platform is so much bigger now. And I, I don't know, maybe maybe just said, you know what, I'm, I'm going to go somewhere where I'm, you know, I'm, my hands are not tied at all to say what I want to say. And uh, and he seems like a guy, I don't know this either, but it helps that he's been married to the same woman forever. You right. know, a lot of these guys... You know, they got four or five divorces they're paid for. Right. But he, he seems like a guy that doesn't have a crazy lifestyle. The kind of money he makes, he could just stay the hell with it. I don't, you right. know, I don't need it. <laughs> well, and to your point, the podcast world is what the young people are turning to. And old guys like me, I listen to some. In fact, I produce podcasts. But the uh, the bottom line is. You know what? Young people don't listen to traditional radio. No, they I, listen to podcasts. You know, I don't. I don't consider myself a young person, uh, but I, I think you know, fifty-five and under, uh, they don't get their news sources at all from the traditional methods and 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 forms. So, uh, you know, I, I've heard people say, "Well, gosh, you know, he's not going to have a platform now." I, you know, I don't know that Fox News made Tucker Carlson. I mean, he. Fox News. I mean, he was their biggest guy by far, biggest in 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 all of TV. So, you know, I think you'll do okay. One of our listeners just uh, texted me and said, "If you check uh, check Gateway Pundit, Chuck Schumer told Rupert Murdoch to get rid of uh, Tucker Carlson two months ago." I don't think so. I, I mean, I you, you could be right. I, I'm, I'm not poo pooing. Thank you, thank you for contacting us. Thank you for forwarding that to us, Gateway Pundit. But I, I don't I don't think. Rupert Murdoch would be uh, listening to uh, Chucky the, Schumer. The thing that I think uh, could could be interesting um, is if someone like Elon Musk, now that he's in Twitter, says, "You know what? I want to I want to expand other than just having a to use his terms a glorified chat room." <laughs> Is something something right, what he right, said, right. and let's just say, hey, I, I want to go net, I want to go network with this deal, yeah. and sign Tucker Carlson as his number one guy. Um, you, you know, someone like Elon Musk, of course, he's got a lot of irons in the fire. I mean, he could he could afford it. I, I mean, honestly, I laughed at people when they talked about, hey, Trump's going with his social network and this and that. I kind of laughed at it because. Um, Trump's got more money than I've got, but Trump, from a cash perspective, is broke. Yeah. I mean, I've seen his financials. He's, I mean, he's he's cash he's, poor, and this kind of stuff takes a boatload of cash. 
Well, you know, the other interesting thing, too, is somebody like Elon Musk, you, you've got a whole segment that loves Tucker Carlson, an older demographic who, who aren't into podcasts. Suddenly you bring Tucker Carlson into a platform that Elon Musk or someone else owns, and you're going you're gonna to suddenly introduce a lot of folks who don't normally listen to podcasts into the podcast and, world. And guess what else Elon Musk has? Starlink internet yeah, so yeah. for the middle of the country right. or these places you know older conservatives that don't do streaming well guess what i've got a platform for you that i'll, I'll put a satellite at your house and yeah. you can get internet yep yep <laughs> flip a switch so you just never know uh what, what another story that wasn't quite as big a news and we weren't really anguished over this it was expected sooner or later in fact i'm surprised he lasted this long cnn can don lemon yeah. He has been fired. The bar scene in the Hamptons just got very interesting this summer. <laughs> if you don't know what he's talking about, uh, Google it. Um, yeah, anyway, uh, the, the, uh, the CNN CEO said Don will be ever apart for the CNN uh, family. Yeah, right. You've heard of like a smash and grab uh, robbery? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he has a he well he, he has a grab and uh yeah he does a lot of grabbing grab when he was smashed yeah mm-hmm. all right we gotta take another time out stay with us we'll be right back and views with Tom and Benny on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Well, it sounds like there's somebody else that is going to uh, get into the GOP presidential nominee. I'm talking about Tucker Carlson. I'm talking about the big guy out of New Jersey. Former Republican New Jersey Governor Chris Christie said he intends to be the GOP presidential nominee in 2024. (laughs) His latest indication that he's running against uh, former President Trump. He said this to the Daily Beast. Christie, who ran for the GOP nomination in 2016 against Trump, has been weighing another, no pun intended, weighing another presidential bid while traveling to key early primary states. The former governor believes he is the best alternative candidate for the president in next year's election and said he won't support a Trump nominee, according to the Daily Beast. Uh, I'm a viable Trump alternative, he said, I think will lose if Trump is the nominee. That's why I intend to be the nominee. Christie previously told Politico that while he feels confidence in having a message that's a good time for him to personally run, he is still trying to figure out how he could see a path to the White House. So he's going to run. He says he's going to be the nominee, just trying to figure it out. Um, You know, what has he been doing for the last eating Four or five years. I mean, really, I, I, I just don't see. Well, he's been a talking head on ABC, I yeah. think, uh, on their Sunday morning shows. I mean, I guess when you've been irrelevant for a, a right good while, it makes you relevant for what for a time. But he has no chance. No. None. And um, quite frankly, if, if you can continue to stay on an ABC talking head Sunday morning program, I mean, I realize he's, he's their, quote, you know, token conservative. But um, if you can get along with those people, you're probably not all that conservative. You know, Chris Christie, you know, back what, – what brought him to conservative fame? I mean he was the governor of New Jersey. And what happened up in New Jersey that 
you know, I, I remember everything started going south for him when he went up and uh, hugged Obama after uh, Hurricane Sandy. Hurricane Sandy, yeah. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, prior to that, he was, you know, people looked at him and said, man, he'd make a great president, and things just sort of went south. Well, you know, he was kind of loud and, and – and Well, he sort of had the populist uh, yeah, people aura connect, to him. people connected yeah. with him and stuff. I think he'll just probably pull some – He'll pull some votes from the Northeast of people that just don't like Trump, but uh, but I think he'll pull those votes from Ron DeSantis. Really? Well, if your gig is what Chris Christie's gig is now, you've got to run for president just to keep your stock up. That's true. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to have significance, you got to be out there on the stage, and uh, he'll need a big stage. Um, <laughs> Joe Biden needs to uh, take voters' concerns about his age seriously before campaigning for his second term, so says the New York Times editorial board in an op-ed they ran on Saturday. The editorial acknowledged that many Dem- – this is the New York Times – that many Democrats, particularly younger ones, are worried that he will simply be too old to be effective, citing a poll that showed 47 percent of Democrats – don't want Biden to run again. I'm sorry, only 47% do want him to run. 53% don't want him to run. More concerning, the article noted, was the Biden administration's hesitation on the topic of his age despite Biden's plans to announce his second term tomorrow. Concerns um, uh, Concerns about his age, both in terms of fitness for office and being out of touch with the moment, are legitimate. Uh, Also, the Wall Street Journal ran an op-ed that argued Biden's decline from his old age was clear to anyone who isn't willfully blind from his lack of press conferences. The public understands Mr. Biden apparently won't admit that electing an 80-year-old plus, he'll be 82 mm. if he's reelected. Um, I mean, the guy, I mean, it's obvious to everybody. He doesn't know which way to turn. He shuffles. He's uh, and I, look. I, I'll be shuffling when I'm 82. I'm not knocking the guy, but I'm Dr. Joe Biden's husband. Yeah, that's the problem. <laughs> well, interesting. Before I came in the studio today, I got a text poll from Stand for America PAC. I think that's Nikki. Haley. Isn't that a PAC supporting Nikki Haley? Maybe. Anyway, it's live poll. Do you support competency tests for federal politicians over the age of 75, Benjamin? So, uh, you know, probably not a bad idea, but, um, you know, I think when you, when you're starting to see other networks, the major networks starting to talk about Joe Biden's competency, I I think, I think the Democrats are, I think they've got other ideas for uncle Joe. I think, I think they want him out. I mean, he's, you know, I'm not making a prediction here, but I would not be shocked if he comes out tomorrow and says, I'm not running. I would not be either. Yeah. I mean, it's. Um, I mean, they say he's going to do it from his home, or well, it's going to be a videotape. I mean, he can't do it live. No. Mm-mm. I mean, it's it's it's, sure the, it's, the camp, it's the it's the previous twenty twenty campaign all over again. Mm-hmm. He can't do it live. Here's an interesting stat. Uh, this was an NBC poll. Now, as I just mentioned, fifty three percent of voters who supported Biden, Democrat voters in twenty twenty, said he shouldn't run again. Seventy-six percent of voters under thirty-five believe Biden should not run. Wow! Yeah, that's huge. Seventy. And now you, some people say, "Well, that's only people under thirty-five. That's <laughs> that's a significant number of voters." Well, and for the first time last election, you know that younger demographic, uh, you know, actually did get out and vote. Where in the past, you know, they've always talked about, "Hey, you know, it's big." There's big the big young voters, you know, but 
until the 2020 election, they really didn't vote that much. So for that, you know, for that big demographic to say that in that poll, and I assume the polling was done, you know, statistically accurate, uh, that's that's a big number. Well, you know, it was just to your point you made just a second ago that a lot of Democrats aren't keen on Joe running again. Susan Rice will step down as Joe Biden's domestic policy advisor. Now, Susan Rice has worked for Clinton, worked for Obama, and worked for Joe Biden. Um, now, the, the reason they're giving is because um, she's departing after reporting revealed that she oversaw the release of thousands of unaccompanied children migrants into the country who ended up being exploited and working dangerous jobs. Now, I'm not saying that's not true, but since when – has a liberal like Susan Rice resigned from a position mm, because mm. of accusations? Uh, mm. uh, you know, she doesn't. You know, they, they'll say, "Who, who cares?" We, you know, we've got we've got the mainstream media in our hip pocket. We don't care that there's bad press out there. <clears throat> so you think she might be? Prepping, I don't. I don't prepping think she's, for somebody. No, I don't. I, no, I think she's prepping to so Joe won't run. Uh-huh. I mean, I, I just think she's she's going to get out of there, and the next thing you know, look, the the administration around Joe, his support is all disappearing. Uh, it's pretty obvious that Joe has got to uh, consider going down to uh, what's that place in Florida where all the old folks go to and retire? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Naples? The, no, no. Yeah, every what's the old the old folks' retirement place down in? Oh, uh, the villages. The villages. Yes, yes. Thank you. I've got See, I'm an old folk, and I can't even remember the I've name got of the some villages. Friends that live in the villages, and uh, they they're they, all about it now. Well, and and they probably don't appreciate me calling them old folks. Right? <laughs> hey, we got to take the time out. Stay with us. More news and views right for this. I'm always reluctant after being here 37 years to tell people what the American people think. Uh, and I don't. I can't swear I do. I know what I think. I think I know what they think, but I'm not sure what they think. This is Eastern Carolina News and Views. All right. Welcome back. Thank Brought you. Brought to you by Politics. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Joe. It's always good to hear from you. Um, getting back to Don Lemon leaving CNN. And Tucker Carlson leaving Fox News. Uh, while we're on that issue, I do have a bittersweet announcement to make. I've been uh, hosting News and Views for 15 years now. I'm currently in my 14th year. And listen, I love my time on the air, uh, 5 to 6 o'clock. I mean, every hour, this last hour has just been a ball. I love it. Um, however, News and Views, along with show prep, consumes anywhere from 15 to 20 hours per week now many people as this information has been leaking out many people have thought this is my full-time job uh it's not i own a media production company which keeps me it keeps me busy on a full-time basis uh, in addition to hosting news and views uh that being said i have felt for some time like i really needed a sabbatical and I've been in discussions with uh, Henry and Hank Hinton. Those discussions started about a month ago. And I really concluded at the end of it all that it was time to end my hosting duties of News and Views. And that will be effective April 28th, uh, this Friday. Listen, I'm very grateful to Hank and Henry. They've entrusted me with this hour for the last 13-plus years. And... Um, while the three of us did not agree, we didn't dot every I and cross every T on the, in the same fashion on every issue, there's probably some issues we disagreed with. I will say that 
I was graciously given freedom to uh, speak my mind, and I did. Um, they say things come in threes. Now, uh, it was not planned this way, but rather interesting. I was trying to figure out when to make this announcement this week, and I thought, well, the liberal left CNN and Tucker's leaving Fox. Um, so uh, I went ahead and decided today to make the announcement. Listen, the most enjoyable part of this uh, program is when we hear from you, when we interact with you. It's, uh, it's, always, it's always fun. I will be around, not sure what the future holds, but I do know the one who holds the future. So I will wait on uh, God's good timing, and who knows where, where or when I will show up next. Um, but listen, we have four more days, and uh, so let's enjoy this week together. And I'd be remiss if I did not acknowledge uh, those people who have helped me along the way. Uh, Sadie Klaus was with me for a number of years. We started at 6 a.m. Um, back on uh, 90, 98.3 or 94.3. I, I guess remember, it was. I remember yeah. that morning show. Ooh, uh, that's early. <laughs> that was early. 90, no, 94.3. Well, anyway, uh, we started out there, and um, but uh, we had a lot of fun. And listen, I've been, I've thoroughly enjoyed my time with uh, Benny and Clark. Uh, Benny is. Uh, uh, here's the other thing too with Sadie and with Benny and Clark. We probably have more fun during the breaks, and as we're doing show prep, you know, ten minutes before we go on the air, we have more you laughs. Know exactly. And, uh, what the source is. Yeah, and Clark's always throwing those things in. <laughs> but it's it's been a lot of fun. It's going to be bittersweet. I know I'm going to miss it, but. Uh, uh, let's let's enjoy the rest of the week, and uh, you know what's really good, I'm going to miss is being able to speak to guys like Mark Robinson and others. But uh, it's uh, it's been a fun uh, 13 plus. Uh, again, we're into our 14th year. Uh, is it is it the end? I don't know. I do not know what the future holds. But um, as of uh, Friday, I'm at least going to be taking a uh, summer sabbatical, and we'll see what happens next. It is eight o'clock slot at night nightly on fox Open. You know, <laughs> who knows <laughs> should i give fox my number <laughs> Just say, hey thanks for being with us and uh, we'll do it again tomorrow night at five o'clock we'll see you then bye bye everybody all right all right all right